0: Welcome to Podcast Hackers, the show for podcasters, by podcasters. Here, each episode, you'll hear from the best and brightest podcasters and learn how they're growing their audience, monetizing their shows, and making an impact through podcasting. And now, your host, Craig Hewitt. All right, welcome back to another episode of Podcast Hackers. Today, we have Dan Clements on the show. Dan, how you doing? Oh,
1: not too bad. How are you doing today, Craig?
0: doing well thanks thanks uh it's always like to to kind of start by having folks uh introduce themselves and how they got into podcasting and and a little bit about your show and we'll kind of dive into things from there so can you tell folks a little bit about you and how you got podcasting i know you've been you've been at it for for quite a bit here so we'd love to hear your superman genesis story
1: okay (laughs) well um i i used to drive truck i drove truck for like 15 years. And, uh, my last driving job, I was, a uh, I was driving a log truck and, uh, I ruptured a disc in my neck twice, uh, twice in two years and, uh, had it operated on the second time. And so I was forced out of driving and, uh, I didn't work for like six months and I was literally bored to tears. So I decided a friend of mine said, well, you like to talk. Why don't you think about getting into podcasting? Cause, uh, That would be a good outlet for you. Uh, I'm very political, uh, not to the point to where, you know, if you and I disagree that I'm going to, you know, write you off or anything like that. I just like to talk politics and I'm heavily in the constitution. And one of the, I guess the genesis that really got me going was in 2007. I don't know if you remember uh, the debate that was going on in Congress, but it was over amnesty. And i surprise, surprised we're still talking about amnesty <laughs> since 2007. And I was I was like really getting upset with Lindsey Graham and uh, John McCain and their stance on amnesty. We've had other amnesties in the past; they didn't work because it didn't secure the border. So, with me being forced out of truck driving and you know loving to follow politics and everything, I, I, I listened used to listen quite a bit when I was driving truck to Rush Limbaugh and other talk radio uh, hosts to see what their perspective was and, you know, just sort of keep up on politics. So in late 2007, I struck out on my own. I rented a server space and started a podcast with uh, Shoutcast uh, hardware and everything, not hardware, but software. And I wasn't really getting a lot of traction there. And it was costing me more than I thought, you know, that I could afford. So in early 2008, I switched over. Someone shared with me, why don't you check out Blog Talk Radio? I don't know if you're familiar with them or not. Sure,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I was uh, I switched over to Blog Talk Radio, and I was doing very well uh, on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, as far as listenership, I was uh, – at one time, I was around 1,500 – listens an episode average Mm -hmm. on blog talk radio. And I had to take a little bit of time off because of needing to bring some income into the family. I took a dispatching job. That was a day shift. I wanted a second shift job so I could stick with my, my podcasting, but I had to take a little bit of a break off. And when I came back from that break and, and started getting heavy back into blog talk radio, I was doing maybe a show a week on blog talk radio between, you know, my little hiatus there and then when I went back full time. I was doing five days a week show. Uh, Blog Talk Radio started changing around their analytics, mm-hmm. so i I was like, I was so mad because it seemed like every other week they're coming out with new analytics and how they were going to do something. And every time they did that, I was losing more and more listeners. And I wasn't getting a lot of live listeners, but I had a lot of folks that were coming in to listen on Stitcher and uh, iTunes. And they just uh, from I went from like. Average 1,500 down to averaging about four or 500.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: So that was a huge, huge hit. And I was just on the verge of getting some outside sponsorships and that uh, with the 1,500. Sure. And when they dropped it down like that, I could never get it back up. Every time I thought I was on the right track, uh, the analytics went away. So I made a decision. Well, it wasn't too long ago. I made a decision about uh, four months ago, five months ago. I wanted to just host my own podcast on my on my own servers. I'd already switched over to Bluehost, a WordPress site. And I've done websites before with a, a program called Joomla, but you have to know a lot of coding and you have to really be up on all that. And it was just the learning curve was so steep. And when I found out about how easy, I heard of WordPress, but I'm like, yeah, I'll stick with what I'm doing. And I wish I'd have switched to WordPress years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, isn't it?
1: But anyway, I, I found a uh, seriously simple podcasting uh, plug in that, and I'm like, they said, you know, they said they'd move all my podcast over from Blog Talk Radio and host it here, and I was like, At same price, and I'm like. What's not to like about this, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, we love to hear that. I mean, we we try to make everything as as easy as possible, and still give you like the the level of control that I think you're talking about. That's yeah, it's a fine line to walk, but we try to do that as best we can. So, I'm glad that uh, it worked out well for you.
1: Yeah, and, and matter of fact, I just the past couple of days I was having some problem with my uh, RSS feed mm. for my podcast because a lot of my friends use a a podcast aggregator. And I use, it's called g Potter. It's an open source. And basically you just put your, your RSS feed into it. And then when you open up the program and hit check for updates, it automatically updates any recent episodes. Sure. But my, I, I couldn't figure out, I'm not that big on all that stuff and I couldn't get my RSS feed to work. And so, uh, one of your guys over there at Castos, uh, helped me out. I emailed says, can anybody help me out with this? <laughs> And in a couple of days, we had the feed working. Uh, I have it working back on Stitcher now. I'm waiting for iTunes to, you know, do their thing to authenticate everything on iTunes with my RSS feed. So, uh, everything's working out. I'm just, uh, I'm so happy I found Castos. Awesome. You know, it's just, uh, again, it's like falling off the log, putting the plug-in in and uh, your engineers uh, did a great job moving all my episodes over.
0: Awesome! Great to hear. Great to hear. We love. Uh, I'll pass that on to the team for sure. For sure. So yeah, I have a couple things to to kind of dig into with what you're talking about with with your show. So so you do a daily show at this point, right?
1: Yes. Basically, what I do. Um, I started in the last spring, uh, last like May, uh, doing a YouTube, and I was simulcasting on YouTube and Blog Talk Radio until I moved everything over. And what I do now is I still do I do a daily a YouTube video, and I use the audio off of that for my podcast. I use Audacity to record uh, the audio, and if I need to do any cleanups or anything like that, I'll do that, and then I'll upload that uh, through my WordPress site. And, and like I said, that is uh, so... I, and I, I keep saying it's so easy, but I want people to understand you know, you don't have to have a lot of, uh, knowledge as far as computer knowledge to be able to do this stuff. I go over and post on my show notes page over at the com. I set my podcast up with the show notes and everything. And then I just hit a button to upload my file from the computer. And within a, a couple minutes, it's up and it's running. Uh, I hit publish and, and it's over there ready to go. And it's just, like I said, it's just so easy.
0: That's how it should be, right? (laughs) That's how we. That's how we designed it. Is like what would be the best possible way we could do this, and that's that's what we built. So that's great to hear. So I'm interested to to hear about uh, disseminating your show to YouTube because we have a we have a fair amount of podcasters that ask about yeah, hey, can I kind of do the opposite? Uh, They say, hey, I'm going to create a podcast. Can I repurpose it and put it on YouTube? How have you found? I don't know the engagement level and the the dynamic of publishing your podcast in two different places. For I mean, you're you've done a lot of content. So, so can you talk a little bit about publishing content in two different, the same content in two different places, and what each, what the kind of the pros and the cons of each of them have been for you?
1: Well, YouTube, as you know, is more visual. Yeah, and I know some folks, uh, and I follow some folks that all they do is they put up uh, a card, and you hear the podcast, but you don't. All you see is the card. You're not actually seeing the person talking, but they. They already had a huge podcast audience, I mean, way bigger than mine before they came to YouTube. And they don't have as big engagement on there. And my engagement's still quite small on YouTube uh, because it is somewhat difficult to get out it you know YouTube has a lot of I'm just gonna say noise. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you keep up with the YouTube news. Uh, actually, today <laughs> after today, uh, there's gonna be a lot of uh, YouTube channels that are that are going bye bye.
0: Oh interesting.
1: Because they found out that there's they're literally saying ninety percent. I don't know, I think that might be a little high, but YouTube's saying they're they're figuring it's about ninety percent of their YouTube channels are created by bots. Wow. And and literally these bots are copycatting or stealing content, making some money off that content and then shutting down the channel and then starting up another channel the next day. And so they're they're youtube and i have to give them credit for this i mean they went through what they call the ad apocalypse last year and uh, they demonetized a lot of videos uh you know they're going through some growing pains again but uh, i think this is a good move on youtube and for smaller creators like myself hopefully i'll get more exposure uh in the youtube universe but as far as putting it on both spaces I've always had more listeners on the podcast side than I have on the YouTube side. So I don't actually, they're actually two different, uh, on YouTube. You have the video uh, of me, uh, talking behind a mic. I put graphics up, uh, things like that. So you have that visual engagement there. Uh, and then like I said, on the podcast, like I said, I have a lot of friends that just download it. Uh, I have a, uh, an MP3 player that I, that I put the episodes in plug it into my car when I have to go places or my pickup truck and listen to podcasts while I'm out there driving. I, I don't waste a lot of time. You know, uh, I do like listening to music, but I don't waste a lot of time listening to music because I like to learn things.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm the same way. Anytime I'm in the car for more than uh, 20 or 30 minutes, I'm listening to a podcast. And and uh, yeah, it's a great way to, to at least be somewhat productive while you're while you're driving. Yeah, so it's interesting about uh, about YouTube. I mean, I, I, you know, Castos is a, a relatively young platform at this point, but we're we're seeing some of this with like, you know, the, the struggle of growing a platform and keeping the content proper and keeping people's analytics uh, as they should be and things like that. So I don't envy the position that YouTube is in with millions and millions of users and I don't know, billions of videos at this point. I'm sure it's it's a tough job that, that they're kind of embarking upon here. But... With respect to the communication or the feedback that you get from YouTube viewers versus podcast listeners, what's the dynamic there?
1: well since i'm, I'm since I'm political,
0: you probably get a lot of feedback from both ways, right? Uh,
1: not so much from the conservatives. i'm a, I consider myself a, a constitutional conservative. Uh, i'm a, I'm a member of the Constitution party. i'm I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat. Of course, because I say that to some folks, I get hit from both sides.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: But um, I'm also a Christian, and I look at things—I have a Christian worldview. Everything I look at is through that—and I'll just say that, that moral worldview. Um, I don't attack people as far as uh, personal attacks. When I disagree with somebody, I always uh, attack the idea, not the person. I don't use foul language at all My uh, because I do have— uh, believe it or not, I have a, cu- uh, a couple that we go to church with. Their kids like listening to my podcast.
0: <laughs> right, you got to keep it clean for the kids, huh?
1: Yeah, I got to keep it clean. But I also, even if the kids weren't there, I'd still be keeping it clean uh, because I want a broad audience to be able to listen to this. There's so many times when I'm on YouTube uh, that I, that I literally, just because of my Christian ethics, I just can't listen or watch a YouTube or listen to a podcast because of all the foul language. I, I, I've never understood that, you know, why, why they feel the need to use foul language when they get on a, you know, a platform like YouTube or uh castos or, or whatever on that. So my engagement, you know, like I said, usually it's from the, what I call the left and it's usually they're disagreeing with me, uh, especially about the constitution. Uh, whenever I get constitutional on somebody, well, that's an old document. And I get that all the time, but they, but that that's where the argument ends because it, once once I see that, I, I try to go further, but I don't, I don't get any further engagement with that. But YouTube, I get a lot of engagement. I don't get so much feedback from, uh, my podcast per se. Uh, because I, like I said, a lot of folks, uh, just listen to it. They download it. They don't necessarily come to my website uh, to download it, which is okay. I went into this knowing that 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 may be the case because of the way people uh, download things nowadays.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean that's one of the tough things that we talk about in a lot of these episodes is how how do you create a way to have a discussion with your podcast listeners? Because a lot of it is you and me talking and them listening, and then how do you get how do you create that opportunity, that time, or that place, or that avenue for for the discussion to continue in another usually in another format because they're not going to create a podcast and then talk back to you. So, yeah, I mean, we see a lot of you know, email lists and social media engagement and Facebook groups and and things like that for folks to to start creating a community around their show. Right. So that whether it's politics or, or whatever, um, and just for a way for people to, to start creating a platform for their listeners to, to be able to engage with them in between episodes and continue that discussion. Yeah. so that's interesting. you know I, the, the the YouTube dynamic is I, I think you're probably in a bit of a unique perspective. We don't have a lot of podcasters who record like a, a video show and then strip the audio out to, to make it just a podcast. Do you monetize your podcast directly on I know you have like a, a donate button on your website but but do you monetize your show directly or is it just going kind to of add and, and listener supported based?
1: I have a, I do have a Patreon account, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm, I'm slowly trying to get promoted. I've, I've sort of, I don't know if I've sort of backed into this. Uh, I, I figured, cause I've had people say, well, you need to email this first before you do anything else. But for me, I didn't ever, I never saw the sense in that until I had a product that was good enough for, <laughs> you know, for folks to come in. Sure. Uh, off an email list and everything. So I'm sort of back in, I think I'm doing a little bit backwards from what the experts say, but I think I have the email and everything, or I, I will be getting an email, but I think I got the product now. I do have affiliate marketers. Uh, I, I do believe in affiliate marketing. I, I have made some money off affiliate marketing. It's nothing, nothing to actually, you know, that I can make a living off of yet, but I see the potential there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do see the potential in email lists, which I, that's that's going to be my next step here is to really hunker down and uh, work on email listings in that. And, uh, as I said before, when I was on Blog Talk Radio, I was at the point where I had some sponsors that, you know, because I had 15, you know, a- I was averaging 1500 downloads or listens to my program a day, uh, that they were, you know, willing to be a sponsor of the show. And the nice thing about Castos, uh, you guys aren't going to get in my way of that.
0: No, surely not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and my, what, what I'm hoping and, and everything I've read about it, I think, my hope will will bear fruit here. Uh, that you're you're not going to mess with the analytics all the time because you don't seem like that type of a, a, a of a platform that's going to do that. You want to put that put that product out and let the the podcaster deal with everything.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we try to be just kind of the. The hub and the the server, if you will, the 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 place that serves up your and hosts your content, right? Uh, and leave a lot of the things to to you, like aligning your show with the right sponsor for your audience. That it's really a hard thing for a hosting provider to do because then you have to get into a lot of the dynamics of audiences and demographics and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, a- analytics, podcast analytics, generally are really tough. Um, I think a big part of it is, you know, once someone has downloaded that file to their iPhone, you don't know what they do with it. Did they play it? Did they make it to that spot where there is an ad? A lot of just the basis of podcasting technology doesn't lend itself to understanding those things as well as a a platform like YouTube does where you watch that video on YouTube. So YouTube, you're in YouTube's world the whole time, right? With a podcast, when someone downloads a, a podcast file from Castos, that file is gone from our perspective, right? We don't have any visibility to that file anymore once it's on my iPhone. So I think that's the, the tough thing with podcast analytics, but, um, yeah, it's from our perspective, we very much want to give you the tools to do your job and then get out of the way as much as we can because the rest of running a successful podcast is tough work, right?
1: It is, you know, I spend, um, anywhere from uh, six to eight hours a day just in my office uh, doing the, the, um, YouTube and I, I put more than just one video a day out on YouTube, but I I, I try to at least get one episode, uh, a daily episode for YouTube and for the podcast. Because one of my best friends who lives in Tennessee says he was, you know, when I said I was only going to go to one live show a week, I was doing five live YouTube shows a week.
0: Wow, that's a lot.
1: Yeah, and it was it was just too much, and so I went to just I'm just doing a live show on, and we call it Free For All Friday. Uh, I do a live show there and that's usually between an hour, an hour and a half altogether. Uh, but he said that he would, uh, he he uses Stitcher and he listened on his smartphone on Stitcher. And the reason why he likes that is, uh, and I have a lot of other friends that that have told me the same thing. They don't have to take up space downloading the audio. Uh, they have an app they can just go to hit the next the the most recent episode and they listen to it on their smartphone and he does that a lot when he's out in the warehouse doing inventory and stuff like that or or just working in the warehouse he's a manager but sometimes he has to go out there and check things out and and while he's working out there he'll listen to one of my shows or some you know when he's done with mine he says well i listen to other peoples and i said that's great
0: <laughs> sure yeah yeah that's the beauty of podcasting right yeah so so let me ask you dan so so you're Nine hundred and sixty something episodes into your show, uh, w- what is the what does the future look like for your podcast? I, mean, I think at this point, a lot of uh, us would consider you to be like a really established show, and in a in a space where there's always new content, there's always something to talk about. But I'm sure you kind of are sitting back there thinking, like, okay, how am I going to take my podcast? I to say to the next level, I don't know if you're going to be rush Limbaugh, but I'm, I'm sure that something like that is is uh, is an aspiration of yours so what is what is the the path from here to there wherever there is? what does that look like for you you think
1: well i, I think um one of my and my best friend who lives in Tennessee, he also uh, he's like the show monitor. I get a lot of feedback from him,
0: okay that's great.
1: And he's, you know, very constructive, and I don't mind constructive criticism. If you're if you're going to get in the comments, and I try to answer all the comments. Uh, if you're going to get in the comments and just sort of cut me down with no constructive criticism, you know, I, I don't pay a lot of attention to that. Uh, but I, I, I see my show. Um, I, I think it's more important now than ever because I do teach constitutional. Whenever I have a, uh, as Rush Limbaugh would say, a, a teaching moment. I try to plug that in, you know, uh, especially now. Uh, one of the things they're talking about is the, the census is coming up in a couple of years in, in 2020. And I've been dealing a lot with that. And I've been getting a lot of pushback from folks on the census. And I said, well, let's go back and see what the Constitution says about who we're supposed to count in the census, because there's a, a huge Group and it tends to be the younger folks, anywhere from like thirty to thirty-four and lo- and younger, who believe we should count every single soul inside the borders of the United States, whether they're here legally or not. And so I, I take people, and that's just an example. I'll take people back to the Constitution and say, well, what does the Constitution say about the census? Sure. You know, Article One, Section Two, Clause Three, and then what does the Fourteenth Amendment say? What does the Nineteenth? amendment which gave the women the vote you know because there's a a lot of broad ideas out there so i I try to use teachable moments whenever i can and those those episodes actually although i don't do it every episode the ones where i get into teaching some stuff like that actually have uh, uh, more listeners more viewers and more listeners uh you know tuning in uh, to listen to that so I think as uh, we, as I continue to hone my craft, uh, like I said, you know, get into the email listing and try to uh, actually establish more friends out there that that want to come and watch or listen to the show on podcast. I, I still think it's wide open out there.
0: Sure, sure, interesting.
1: I don't think we've saturated the market that much yet, uh, to where even somebody coming in with the same type of ideology that I have, I think they can do good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Has uh, identifying that one type of episode format that you have, where you have these kind of teachable moments, has that uh, come from just the, the analytics that you're getting more downloads for those episodes, or people engaging in the show notes, or, or or kind of what what's what's been the the triggering point for you to realize that? And then, kind of, what are you doing in terms of planning your content to to be able to do more of that? Because uh, I would imagine doing a daily show, even in an arena of of you know politics and political news it's probably tough to get really good information content all the time right
1: absolutely absolutely um it's it was a combination of both okay you know from the analytics i'm, I'm saying okay they're they're actually you know more people listen to them uh like i said i do my uh my best my, he's my best friend that lives uh, i'll just say his first name dave uh who lives down in tennessee i've known him since uh uh, the Navy, uh, back when I was <laughs> back in the 1980s, when I was in the United States Navy, uh-huh. I met him in Scotland when I was stationed over there and, uh, we've been friends ever since. So like I said, I get a lot of feedback from him. Uh, the couple where their, their children listen to the podcast, I actually get some feedback from their children. Uh, especially the boys when I, when I get into that teaching and then other comments uh, that are left, I get more comments left on YouTube. Uh, then I do on, like I said, my show notes page, because just the way of the engagement, how people consume the podcast. Uh, so it was, it's been a combination of the, uh, of two of them. I actually still do. I don't do it as much as I used to, but I still do get into some chat rooms. There's not as, m- I won't say there's not as many, but I don't think chat rooms are as popular as they once were.
0: Yeah. It's the Facebook groups now. Yeah.
1: It, yeah. Facebook. I'm, I'm, I'm real big into Facebook. And I have a, a, a fairly large following, you know, because I just started, a lot of things came together this past year. One, and I, I don't want anybody feeling sorry for me, but I, I was diagnosed in late 2016 with fibromyalgia mm. and I haven't worked since uh, February of last year. I'm coming up on a year that I haven't worked. And so I've been really diving into this and and the one thing that's nice about this is if I have to take a break, I can take a break. If if I get hurting too much or if I'm too fatigued, I can take a break, sit down, or whatever I need to do to sort of re- regenerate and get back at it. Because I, you know, I do this at my house. But you know, as far as just the the content and everything and, and the feedback, uh, a lot of it, uh, a lot of my feedback has come from uh, Facebook and uh, and and Twitter. I'm I'm heavy on both of those. I guess the one thing I would say about the engagement is, and this is a problem, uh, if you spread yourself out too thin. As far as, you know, we're going to post here on YouTube, we're going to post on uh, Castos, you know, through a through a web page, mm-hmm. and then I, I know people that are on, and I used to be this way too, but it was just too much work, and I wasn't getting enough results out of it. Every every place that would host a podcast, uh, that would just take an RSS feed. I had I was out there on that, and that was you know getting it set up was the the hard part, and then you just had to keep checking them to make sure everything was working. But I, I think at, at some point your your spread a little your message is spread too thin. Yeah. Over all those I, and I, I and I'm not saying that's that's totally bad at, you know if you're trying to get out there, uh, but as far as your analytics and everything, it sort of waters them down because you have this site with this amount you know, podcast site with this amount of listeners on it and this site over here. And a lot of, uh, I've found out a lot of sponsors, they'll take that in consideration. However, they want to see, you know, they want to see a bigger response on one or two platforms.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. So they discount, they discount the the variety of kind of places people are listening a little more, huh?
1: Yeah. And, and, and I can, I understand from their perspective, you know, why that might be, you know, and there, that's one of the reasons why I left block talk radio was because of mainly the changing analytics and not being able to you know get the sponsors I needed uh, through there I, I thought my I thought block talk radio uh, would help a lot more shows than what they do but I found out a little too late in the in the game that the owners of block talk radio lean sort of left in their politics
0: mm, interesting
1: yeah and that's I thought that was kind of funny that they would it seemed like the liberal shows, and this happens across, and I and I want to warn folks that are conservatives, this happens across social media, that liberals get the benefit of the doubt and conservatives don't.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And so that's something you just have to deal with. So, you know, as far as spreading your message, you know, to a lot of platforms, I think that does water it down a little bit.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Dan, this has been—it's uh, been really interesting to hear your perspective again. I, I harp on this on on almost every episode, I think. But but our goal, really, with podcast hackers and the show here, is to have people from a bunch of different views, so that people listening can can get a different perspective and you know inspiration from people who are coming at podcasting from different perspectives. And yours is one we haven't had on before, and I think it's been really uh, insightful for me and given me some things to think about with our show here. And and I hope it's done the same for others out there. Um, for people who want to learn more about you and your show and what you're up to, where can they kind of go to find out more about about you?
1: well, the the best place to go is uh, my show what I call my show notes page is uh, the show dot com. Gotcha. You can go there and it'll take you to all my social media, uh, youtube, and and basically, if you just if you're on social media like Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, you just put in the Dan Clement Show and you'll find all my all my shows, you know where I'm on on that.
0: Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Dan, thanks so much for coming on the show today. really appreciate it. It was great.
1: Okay, Craig. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Podcast Hackers. If you liked what you heard today, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. This goes a long way towards helping spread the word about the show to other podcasters just like you. Until next time, happy podcasting.